We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, Lucky Lefty Podcast, Anora Boys in the Building, brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure that you do so. Responsibly. You got to do it responsibly. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Edibles each and every day. You know how we give it to you, man. Go over to YouTube, subscribe, share. The thumbs up, smash it for us. We greatly appreciate it. Leave your comments during the show, after the show, we respond to all. It's a lucky, lucky podcast, home of the misguided passion, forever committed to spinning it different. How you feeling today, Left? Uh, did we lose Left for a second? I lost you. Left. What I would call a what I would call a Midwest rainstorm. So it's just it's just a little a little couple puddles over to me. But to the news and to these Californians, you would have thought it was the end of the world. Mudslides, flash floods. Yeah. Come on, man. They, they, they said, you better be careful out there how you drive it. I said, man, I'm from Ohio. They said, yeah. this, this, these little puddles ain't, come on now. I'm talking about, don't, don't drive through the puddle too much because the water going to get in the engine. You know, that whole thing. I'm like, come on, man. I'm from the Midwest. The we, baby girl, baby girl's the same way. She's like, students are like, I'm sleeping in. And she's like, for what? <laughs> no, for real. They really think this is like snow day. This is snow day for these Californians. And it ain't no snow. Just imagine that. Snow day ain't no snow. It just rained a little hard. So. Wow. Lucky, lucky. That's why, I don't get That's why it's hard to get linemen out of here, man. <laughs> so what we're going to talk about today is the returning production for Notre Dame. And we're going to look at, I'm going to give Malik a chance to amend, the final chance to amend his over-under. <laughs> right? And yeah, we got, we got worked up last night, huh? I'm, I'm going to base it upon not only the returning production for Notre Dame, but we're going to talk about the returning production for Notre Dame's opponents. Because okay. we can just look at the names, but we have to look at their returning production. And maybe you might feel like, okay, that game might be a little bit tougher than I originally thought. Maybe. So I'll give you a chance to make an adjustment by 100 to 200 yards here or there. Yeah, it definitely is. We we, we splitting the hairs now. We it, it ain't five hundred off. We talk about a couple hundred here and there, maybe. <laughs> so, 
Man, people are saying that you got them super excited yesterday, bro. You 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 pretty much you had Robert yeah, Leonard in New York getting ready for the Heisman. That means other awards are going around to the offensive linemen. Xavier of Watts doubling up on the the Bronx, the Nagurski Award. Too many signs point to it. That's all. Too many Mike, signs point to having Mike a lot of success. Benjamin Morrison accepting the Thorpe Award. You know, a linebacker. The only thing that I can, I can guarantee, the only thing I can guarantee is that Ben Morrison is first round. That's the only preseason prediction I can make. Ben Morrison is 100% first round. 100%? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would have to, it would have to take a lot. But if you look at the last two year schedule of those receivers, first round guy. Mm, eight more than 92, huh? 100? Okay. Speak, hey, I didn't know your boy. Was, I didn't know your boy was gonna purposely be leaking uh soft uh soft pee videos, bro. But uh, is, is yeah, it, that's your boy. Is though. it, is it surprising? Is it surprising or is it just oh okay, he just decided to do it now? This this fits right in line with them, you know, those type of guys, you know how that go. We would never do that, you know, but I think we share something in common that we that Drake doesn't. <laughs> We just would never do that. Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So before we get to that, man, and we'll hear from some more of these freshmen left, we always have to start the show out with what's smoking. What's smoking brought to you by Fashion Geek, AlonzoJackson.com, Fashion Geek. We run the city. Shout out to Mama Left. Shout out to Mama Left. Mama Left was probably the first person to go. And I look, I used it as leverage, Left. I, I hit my mom up and said, how, you, how did you let Mama Left beat you to the merchandise? 
How? That's right. Beat you to the merchandise. How, how does that happen? How did you let Mama Left beat you to the merchandise? And she was like, oh, I forgot. I was doing this. I was doing that. I'm like, all right. You owe me. Now you have to double the order. You now you got to double up. Yeah, that's all. That's all. You got to double up now. I got to get you a coffee mug. You know, Grandma got the coffee mug. I think she may have ordered. I think she may have mistakenly got another shirt instead of the coffee mug, but it's all the same. It's all the same. So once again, go shop with us, man. Lucky Lefty Merchandise. You can The store is right under the YouTube channel. Every video, the store is right there. You can go to our Instagram. You can go to all of our socials. The link is right there. Shop with us. Great merchandise. And um, I will say this. You know, we have some. I'm, I'm going to start rocking some of the stuff on air as soon as I get it. I, I'm frustrated because I'm like, man, mama left. She must have put in overnight or something because she got her package a lot quicker than, than I got my package. But, yo, I'm super excited for everybody, man. Super excited. Thank you guys for checking in. That's right. We got our first memberships over on Patreon. Hope you guys are enjoying the early uh, content. And we have some more great content coming for you soon. The rest of the week. Stay tuned, man. Doing hey, stay tuned. Heavy hitters, man. Patreon, we had took it up a level. That's all. Stay tuned. We're doing it big. That's all I'm saying. So, left. this podcast is starting to become just the prophetic hour, bro. Because I remember we first said Notre Dame needs to read the tea leaves. And especially with the new TV deal, they need to take power in their own hands. They need to put out more content. They need to own their content, their intellectual property. And they need, they need to create their own show every year where they follow the football team. They need yeah, because don't we have one this year? <laughs> of course. Of course they do. Like, as soon as we start talking about it, here they come. And then, last week, I told you, Left, I said, look, no, a couple of weeks ago, I said, Left, you do realize what the NFL is setting up, right? I said, you do. You do understand what the NFL and all these networks are setting up, right? They're setting up direct to consumer. And you were like, uh, I said, soon the Super Bowl is going to be pay-per-view. I said, just give it time. Just give it time. The fact that they put Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Peacock for a playoff game. And on, they, and they, and they, that, and they lightweight, they lightweight tested it when they put the Dolphins versus the Chiefs on Peacock. Too. That's my point. And it became yeah. one of the highest viewed games. Or events for Peacock. No kidding. I see what nope. you're doing. And then news breaks yesterday, left that Fox, TNT, and ESPN are coming together to form a streaming service, bro. A sports streaming space. That sounds like when Jay-Z, Diddy, uh, Irv Gotti, and Suge was supposed to create that distribution company. Now, per Joe Flint and Isabella Simonetti of the Wall Street Journal's new app will be available to anyone already subscribed to Disney Plus, Hulu, or Max. Each parent company will own one-third of the joint venture. In the past month alone, Peacock and NBC Universal, which is connected to Notre Dame, flexed the most streaming viewers ever for a live event during the NFL playoffs. Now, this is the key. I want to say salute to Netflix because Netflix realized our old model is dying. With that quarter, old, what, what, which one? The, the subscription old, base? Old, 
the subscription base is just based upon watching old movies and their content. Oh yeah, that they they, they put a bunch of money into original content it's and just over. didn't pan out. Yeah. So now I knew once I saw inside the NFL during the season on Netflix, I was like, they're about to start going to the, the daily shows of yeah. and sports route. And now Netflix, Netflix is about to make a deal to leave baseball left. Netflix is about to make a deal to host baseball? Major League Baseball, MLB Network, multiple games, and they will host a majority of regular season and some postseason games. Left the, look. On Netflix? Yes. Yes. They recognize. See, this. I love this in business. When you recognize, hey, we were successful this way, but we see where things are headed, and we have to change. We have to change. Netflix. So, what would Netflix be considered then? It wouldn't be a. It would be a, a sports, a baseball sports network then. Well, because then they're gonna have they're gonna have the twenty four hour shows. Mm -hmm. You know, they're gonna try to rotate those shows and. Yeah. Not not only did they get a deal with Major League Baseball, Netflix also has a deal with the WWE for exclusive rights to Monday Night Raw starting next year. That's huge. That's, that's huge because that fan base is huge. still there. Heck yeah, that's huge. Yeah, because I mean, who they were? They were on TBS or uh, TNT, like one of those. It wasn't Netflix is way better move for them outside of like going Amazon, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, ESPN and Disney's part in this, as well as Warner Brothers Discovery, they're going to probably be coming after the NBA. The NBA deal is going to be next year. This is why I was telling Tyrese Halliburton to shut the heck up when he was complaining about the 68-game thing. I'm like, dude, you got money on the table coming up. Shut up. Shut and up. I don't understand that because half of it, half of professional sports is to be able to play that gauntlet of games. That's why I never understood what – I mean, that's half of the being professionals. You got to play 80-something games compared to college, right? Yes. So I don't get the whole complaining about the rule thing. It's like, man, that's – even that is still too light, you know, to be, I thought the whole goal was to be a professional by evil, by being able to endure the entire season, you know, going 80 something games. That's a lot. That's why it takes the professional to do it. it. What it does is it pretty much consolidates all of the important sporting events to one app instead of having going, having to go back and forth between this stream and service, that stream and service. Cause I used to hate on Thursday nights. I have to, Come out of YouTube TV, watching go the to basketball Amazon. game. Go to Amazon and see what's up with the football game. It that is just one game. Yes. <laughs> it's just one thing on there. Yes. It's like yes, but what is setting up? What they're doing is they're count. They're stabilizing streaming services in a sense, and still keeping them alive. Because right. like with YouTube TV. MLB Network left because of the contract situation. They couldn't figure out a contract with MLB Network. So now MLB Network goes exclusively to other streaming services. And I'm not about to go to another streaming service outside of YouTube TV just for MLB Network, even though I love their morning shows. And but we complained about going to, to Peacock for the one Notre Dame game. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So now... When you consolidate all of that, you can stay inside the app 
and get all of that sporting content. They trying to mirror it up with that that new uh, Apple Vision thing where you just put the goggles on. They got it all, you know. I think it's, it's cool, but also kind of messed up. Yeah. So it is very genius of the big money makers and the power brokers in the sports industry. Very smart. Let's stop fighting each other. Let's understand that we're stronger together. And let's understand by doing this, we become direct to consumer. We cut out the middleman. What's going to be the ripple effect? We'll wait and see. Because less overhead for these companies could trickle down in hires. It could trickle down in jobs. It could trickle down in higher salaries. But we know that big money people don't like spending money. So you just well, they consolidate everything. If they consolidated everything, that means that there was a reason why they got rid of all them employees. Absolutely. Absolutely. But they're going to have to, they definitely have to hire on the tech side. Well, you take well, tech has been tech has been laying off tons of people. (laughs) Yeah, but they're gonna have to hire. They have to hire for this app, they have to hire for production. Because they're not dependent upon other people. They're not dependent upon uh, Hulu to stream. They're not dependent upon Peacock to stream. Now the direct to consumer is through their app. So those are jobs. What's the, what's the conglomerate going to be called? Do you know? That's going to be interesting. What the app is going to be called? Oh, it's an be, app, not a. Yeah, it's an not, app. It's going to it's going to be an app. <laughs> So you'll be able to watch what Colin Cowherd, Stephen A. Smith, all of their content via the same app. It's actually the right thing to do. It really is. It's the right thing to do. And Notre Dame football will be under that app because they fall under the guideline of NBC Universal. Yes, like DirecTV has an app basically like that now where you just get all sports sort of deal. So, ladies and gentlemen... I know you might not like it, but the time is coming. What we'll all be sitting around doing on Sunday as we feed our faces, we'll be doing that in five to ten years, paying directly to the NFL and directly to the companies that have. Oh, you don't think it's going to be? Wow. Damn. Oh, it's going to be pay-per-view, bro. Well, then it would turn into teams having their own streaming service. That's the next step. That's the next step. It'd be Dallas Cowboy TV. (laughs) If I were were Drake right now, you know what I would do? I would literally get my own app and literally give inside access to me recording music in the studio and release the song the next day via my app. Yeah, people knocking on his door. As huge as he is now, Drake, he don't have, he don't have the the same reason why Suge Knight, Jay Z, and all them dudes didn't come together on the distribution record company is the same reason why Drake wouldn't do it. Because it it be, it's only three companies, three record companies that control all the money in music. Three. So Drake did that smart move. Drake be on that 48 hours. They're going to be on that case. But conversely, though, somebody has to kick the door. Conversely, though, Notre Dame, prime position. They had to to start 
building their content. They had to, yeah. man. They had to. And the fact that people of Aqua, who's an exec at NBC, probably informed Jack Swarbrick, like, yo, this is where things are going. As he comes into office as the new athletic director. He's like, and that's yo. right. And the, and the goal would be Notre Dame license your games out to NBC because you got your own network at that point. Instead of going to NBC being like, hey, let's tell NBC come to us and put a deal together and we'll release our games to you. Because at that point, we can get an audience. Yeah. We can get a million viewers of just Notre Dame fans on the network. It may not be the 75 or what well, the most we've had was like, what, 30 million watching the game? We can get a consistent 5 million watching Notre Dame football games exclusively on Notre Dame Network. We got a media center for it. Do you know how dope this Notre Dame hard knocks show is going to be with Marcus Freeman? It's going to be doper than ours, but it's, it's going to be dope. Ours is dope because we had Showtime. You know, them boys on HBO Showtime, they let you do just about anything. Man, look, it is absolutely ingenious for them to start that interview show that encapsulates the entire athletic department. That's something else smart that they did. Right? Oh, it's the entire athletic department. Yeah, wake up the echoes. They bring on everybody inside the athletic department, which is genius, right? Because it would have been very easy to just focus on Notre Dame football. So no. we're going by seasons? We'll have, like, different shows then? No, no, I'm not talking. I'm talking about the Wake Up the Echo show that they have on the Notre Dame YouTube page. That's outside of them following Notre Dame football during the season on this hard knocks. Totally different. Totally different shows, right? But they dedicated one strictly to football. They dedicated the other to the athletic department. Right, right. That's was genius. Very smart. Very smart. And I hope they keep it going. I hope they have inside looks at certain certain aspects. Oh, access on Marcus Freeman and Neil and Shrewsbury. Absolutely. That's All an easy that. one. Absolutely. That's easy. Dig in, man. Dig in. Invest. Because if it's in-house, you know you can raise the money for it. Absolutely. I sat on a 24-hour fundraising Notre Dame thing. Just Notre Dame market raised $5 million in a couple hours. So we got the money to fund our own network and it also be effective because think of all the meat on the bone that we talk about so much and we're podcasting as a third party. No, they could hire us as a as a show on the network. And uh, look, they're following CBS and left. This probably impacts you in some way, form or fashion. CBS now <laughs> having the Big Ten coming to CBS as well, along with SEC games, the Mac, and the package that already exists, that's more games. You might be end up going to one of the Big Ten games and calling one of those games moving forward. So it's just a lot going on. They're sending everything through Paramount Plus, you know, for their yeah, they college football They force you to buy games. that Paramount now. They don't force you to buy that Paramount. Absolutely. So the game is changing right before our eyes, man. Streaming services are taking over. If you have direct TV. Man, you better get rid of those cords. And most of you probably go direct TV stream right now rather than yeah, I got I got direct TV stream. Yeah. yeah. It's an app. I don't even got the box no more. Yeah, if, man, if you still have a direct TV satellite on your roof in a couple of years, 
You you'll be a little bit behind. Yeah, that, the aliens gonna start contacting you through that big old dish on your roof. <laughs> it ain't gonna be the TV channel. It's gonna be aliens. My advice to everybody, man: make sure your Wi-Fi is up to date moving forward, because streaming services are taking over. You need good Wi-Fi. So I don't know who has the best in your particular area. For me, it's AT and T. We got Spectrum. You got Spectrum. Okay. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Left. Let's hear from some of these youngsters at Notre Dame. Cam Williams, man. Cam Williams, I love the kid. Uh, he did not participate in the uh, bowl game down in San Antonio due to a slight injury. And this is what he had to say when he gave an update on this injury and how he's been feeling at Notre Dame. Good. Um, and that was no major concern, really. Um, I knew that once I got here, I'd do the things that I need to do. And uh, kind of since the beginning, since I got here, I was full go. Uh, anyways, it was just some minor stuff that had to be. So, okay. And then I know he's been on the road quite a bit. But what are just your early impressions of Coach Brown? Um, he, lo- he loves the grind. You know, when, he, when we're, uh, you know, just in the group chat or talking, you know, he's making sure we're, um, you know, not only get working, but make sure, you know, we're in the playbook. You know, he, he uh, makes sure make sure we know that um, you know it's, it's, it's the off season but it's also go time and I think we've uh, handled that pretty well as a group we're bonding uh, holding each other accountable so all those things so he, even though he's not here um, we're still making sure that uh, we can function and be cool you know when he's not so yeah, there were several veteran wide receivers already in the room and, and now uh, you know, a couple of additions in the transfer portal as well. What are you kind of taking away from them and, and learned about what it means to be a college football player? Um, obviously, you know, all the transfer, transfers we got and um, kind of just guys like Jaden and Jordan who uh, were huge impacts last year. It's nice that this room is, you know, experienced because I think that's something that we needed um, as a room. And to have these older guys who've been in the game for a while, I think guys like me who, um, you know, obviously I just got here. Um, can learn from and you know I'll continue to you know do so as I, as I'm here so I know uh, as I'm working with these guys uh, I'll, I'll find some things to kind of tweak and get right from them because you know they have about all the knowledge in the world and then with someone like coach Brown so now it's amazing to me that Cam Williams right off the bat says yo he's a grinder talking about coach Mike Brown and he stays on us in the text thread constantly making sure we're in the book making sure we know the plays because famously Tobias Merriweather couldn't get on the field left because he didn't know the plays according to what we heard. So uh, does not the responsibility for knowing the playbook falls on the individual, but it also falls on the actual position of coach, doesn't it? You know, I think everybody needs to know their job. Facts. But then facts. It, goes, it goes back to you know, what are, what are the standard and the measurement of which you're getting on the field? Is it about just knowing the play? Because I think that needs to be established in the room. Is it, if you don't know the plays, you're not playing, or is it let's everybody get on the same page here? Like, what is the kind of role? Because for a guy like Cam Williams, he doesn't have the strongest relationship with Mike Brown like he did with Chance. It's kind of like he's coming into a new environment under Mike Brown, trying to catch what Mike Brown's throwing out there. Yeah. So 
it is kind of a open field. I think it's not as experienced as a unit. I think guys have years of experience, but they don't have any experience as a unit. I think that's going to take some time to kind of, like we said, it's about finding out the top dog. And I think Mike Brown is trying to get to that by showing that it's going to take a grind. It's going to take knowing the playbook. It's going to take staying in, in, in the mode of, yeah, it's off season, but we in season. So I think he's throwing some uh, subliminals out there on what the focus is going to be when they get in, all in the room at one time. So I think just focusing on the little things, you know, it's it's always interesting to learn it on your own in terms of the playbook. And then when you get in the meeting room, that same information just sounds different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to still be a day one period for all those guys in the room, regardless of what they're studying on their own. So I think um, just the adjustment to that, and this is why I say it's a two-year process in any transition from a, a transfer portal or a new coach, just because it's a lot of time it takes to to form a, a synergy from knowing the playbook, knowing what guys are doing at, at best, which is something Mike Brown's got to figure out. Because, yeah, you got a bunch of talent, but what are our guys best at? Mm-hmm. You know, and how are you adjusting that with the guys we're bringing in? Because Jaden Greyhouse played the slot. Right. And now we got about three or four slots. Jordan Faison's a slot. Cam's a slot. You know, you Chris Mitchell's obviously. Everywhere. Chris Mitchell can play everybody. Obviously a slot, but, yeah. but be, you know, so it's like, okay, what? who's the best slot this and that? And then you got the old guys coming in. Don't forget about Jaden Thomas. The slot is his That's what best I'm saying. slot. Exactly. So it ain't too many. It can't everybody be a slot. Right, you got Bo Collins, the outside threat, but you know what's what's his impact on the team and his relate. You know, so many questions to answer in the passing game still, but we do feel good of the talent that's in there. But that's only going so far. Good thing we have Dembrock, the guy that has a system that is proven to work with a bunch of receivers, with a quarterback that has some talent, putting up forty three hundred yards on offense. You know, so. Can he translate that in a one-year process with a whole different group? You know, I think the elements are there. The offensive line's there. Got some continuity in the staff. Running game's obviously a, a strong suit. So how are, how are ingratiating that and integrating that with guys that have never been here? Because that's the question here. Who are we leaning on? Are we leaning on these transfers? Or are we leaning on the guys that are been in the in the program? Because I think that's a psychological effect on the team as well. They're like, dang, you shipping in all these dudes. What you telling us? Is it just automatic loyalty to these guys that are transfers for one year? Because if I'm Jaden Thomas, I'm like, okay. I, I like that we raising the level of competition in the room and everything. But at practice, there's got to be one guy running in there. Who's the ones? Who's the twos? And, and hell, if you put me at a two or a three just because you got a transfer, it's going to be a problem. You know? So what's that competition like? Now, Mike Brown not having loyalty to nobody, technically. We're not going to have that chancy problem necessarily of a favoritism thing or whatever the case may be. He doesn't care. He's like, yo, whoever's the best, that's that's what's, that's who's playing. Like, yo. Right. But Marcus Freeman, this is Marcus Freeman's growth and how, he's, how does he manage that? How does he... Talk to Denbrock and, and be on the same page with Mike Brown and 
understand where they're going and how to use it. Because at the end of the day, our running back room still the best unit on offense until proven otherwise. So that's a heavy share of the offensive load right there. So now we're talking about maybe the receivers not being the focus this year. So in those limited snaps with all this talent and all these transfers, now it's even harder to decide because now it's about not just throwing guys in there. Now you got to put guys in there for big shots down the field when it's time to throw. Mm-hmm. Who are those guys? And you're not running those plays all game. So it's just it's, it's, it's an interesting thing for sure. Cam Williams also talked about Riley Leonard in the short time they've been able to establish a pretty good relationship. It's been good. Um, you know, Riley, he's a great natural leader. You know, obviously he just got here too, but uh, we we can tell that, you know, he wants to be here. Like, he, he's got the same, you know, visions that we have. And he's kind of been good with taking guys like me, uh, Micah, just the younger guys in, um, and CJ, to kind of just make sure we're all, all on the same page. It's pretty cool, man, to hear that Riley Leonard is ingratiating himself not only to the football players, but it seems like to the overall a vibe and feel of the program and the actual campus. Sounds good. And yeah, I mean, from the fact that he, he went through the same orientation with the freshman because of his undergrad status. So that gave him that type of time to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's becoming uh, close with these guys, which is a good thing. But, hell, you, you don't have that long. So you're getting really tight with guys that are going to be there for a while and you're not, you know, just – to a certain extent, okay, now let's focus on these dudes you're going to really be throwing the football to. Because you got to work with a different urgency than just, oh, I'm coming in with the freshmen. We all ha-ha, he-he. We all in the same point. No, you're, you're not, Riley Leonard. You are working like your pants are on fire. Because you don't have three years. Hell, if anything, you should be thinking, I need one year, do what I got to do. And so I do think Notre Dame creates a, a, a great environment for a guy to come in, kind of work his way in, get good com- camaraderie with guys in his room and on the team. But Notre Dame is very funny because, yeah, that's all great, but winning is still a high priority that's, that can be yeah, – Notre Dame can fool you now. Yeah, this long-term family, da da da. But when you're not winning, it just changed the dynamic of everything. That four and eight season you we had in 2016 was a very revealing year in terms of what it feels like to not have a winning record on campus. You really feel like you're a student. <laughs> yeah. You really start looking around, being like, "Man, these these are some pretty small dorm rooms." <laughs> I mean, these classes and these home, this homework is kind of tough. Well, I heard they just added the, the air condition to some of the dorms and upgraded them last year. So that's that's good to hear. Those, it, I think it, the dorms need a lot feels like, it, feels like it's way colder on campus. It snows way harder. You know? <laughs> it's not a good feeling. So I do think that Having team chemistry is never an issue for a Notre Dame program necessarily. We usually get really good dudes in the locker room more more than not, you know. So 
Riley having a great time fitting in. That's that's awesome. Yeah. But let's let's understand that your urgency and timing for things is different than everybody else. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The young running back, Kedron Young, he was asked about, man, playing time. And, you know, how do you feel about that? Do you think you're going to have a chance to show what you can do? The biggest thing is just, you know, do whatever I can do to contribute to the team. Whether, um, you know, that's not getting a lot of playing time or that's getting a lot of playing time. But as long as I'm, you know, being a contribution to my team, it's all that matters to me. That sounds good, young man, but you're going to play. Don't worry about it. <laughs> You and Aeneas are going to play. They'll be doing, that was a nice PC response. That was a really yeah. good PC response. I like that. I like that. Put team yeah. first. But I know, left knows, and you know, young man, that you're going to tote the rock this year. You don't have to worry. But I just I just need to know the, the, the percentages of carries, what's going to happen, because – you still giving the ball to Jeremiah Love more than not. If I'm if I'm Den if I'm Den So what are the carries looking like? You got Jabron Payne, Jadarian, Aeneas, some guys. I just man, it's gonna be hard because you have so many good options. And how does Keedron Young fit in there? I don't know. <laughs> Dean McCullough has a harder job, I think, than anybody. Because they have the best group, but it's how how are you giving up the ball? You know, you know how you have, you know, you're putting something together, and usually they come with screws and nuts, right? To hold them in place. That's right. But there's something very important to prevent wear and tear, and that's the washer that goes in between. You have to have the washer on there connected to the screw so okay. it doesn't mess up the actual material that you're trying to connect. That's Keijun Young. He's going to be the washer. He's going to take the few carries a game to keep Jeremiah Love and keep Jadarian Price fresh. They'll get the 12 to 15. He'll get the 5 to 7 to make sure they're fresh in the fourth quarter, to make sure they're fresh to close the game. That's what Keijun Young is. But to be fair, though, under Denbrock, when he was there, we were never known for using more than two guys. Damn near just used one the whole season. But you know the problem is Dylan McCullough is the one that puts – that is over who gets the carries and the snaps. That's been his I, I, job. I'm saying, I'm saying as, it, as it fits under a Denbrock offense – all I'm telling you is, despite who the OC has been, whether it's been Tommy or whether it's been Jared Parker, Dela McCullough is the one who sends in the running back for whatever play. He's been the one deciding who gets the reps. That within itself lets me know that they're going to continue to evenly disperse or fairly disperse snaps, carries, and things of that nature as long as Dela McCullough is the running back coach in Notre Dame. That's the way I see it playing out. But it's, he, it's good to hear the young man have a team-first attitude. We already know from a competitive standpoint he wants to play. We know that. He's going to try to go as hard 
to climb the depth chart. Is any running back gonna get enough carries to be up for an award? No, no. See that's see that's that's where I'm. That's what I'm saying. We have running backs. I believe that we have a couple that I think could win the Doe Campbell Award. I think we got a couple guys potential, and I think that it's almost. Dope Walker. Dope Campbell is where Florida State plays, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah. See, I told you I was a Florida State fan. But I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying that's almost a disservice. If you got a running back that has the potential to win it, but you're playing by committee, I just don't think that that will be satisfying for the type of talent that we got. Because we got guys on the roster, multiple guys in the running back room, that are three and done, regardless. Regardless. So, I don't know. Let's see if that Dina McCullough can spread it out enough. Spread out enough. I don't think it'll be fair because it shouldn't be. That's what do I'm you saying. Think, do you think Audrey Estimate got enough carries? I think the room is different, though. The room, because Audrey in this room would be different. Jeremiah Love's not a freshman no more. So, Audrey, and that's that conversation we talked about earlier. Yeah, you did great, Audrey. Thank you. You know, I know you got a COVID year and everything, but you have you would help us more going to the league. Because if he came back, you got a problem on your hand. You're not giving – if Audrick was in this room this year, he's not getting the same amount of carries. Do you believe that? Well, he only had 210 carries last year. That's less than 20 a game, love. And he's not man, getting 210 next year, this year if he was in the same room. But he was a highly efficient running back. Right, yeah. Carries, 18 touchdowns, 6.4 yards per carry. And he saved his legs to go to the next level. I mean, yo, I I think that's perfect for your lead back. If Jeremiah Love gets – if Jeremiah Love gets – because this is his first year of a heavy load. If he gets 170 carries – that's 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 good. He could get more. Jadarian 107 carries. 107 carries not gonna make the impact that he can make for the team, though. That's you can't say that. You don't know what it, he could average eight yards per carry and have 15 touchdowns and 170 carries. Oh well, shit. Well. I mean, <laughs> like Aldrich had 210, averaging 6.4 and 18 touchdowns. I mean, it's all about the efficiency. But I'm saying we have different – we have guys that demand to get on the field. If we had Jeremiah Love, Kedron Young, Aldrick, and Jadarian Price, how are you – with you already saying Kedron Young's going to play, how would you – He's going to play because that's the mode of operation for Dylan McCullough. He's going to play. His freshman running back. I'm saying it would be worse for Aldrick. Oh, if he was back this year? Yeah, he probably would have about 160 to 170 carries. And Notre Dame fans would be upset, saying, like, yeah. give Aldrich the ball more. I mean, dude. And Aeneas, that's my guy. I like Aeneas, by the way. He's that guy you just got to get the ball to now. Not handing the ball. It's like, just get it to him in some space. That's how I feel about it. Do you actually think the pitch, the workhorse pitch, works in today's recruiting? Because kids are smart. Kids understand how the running back is being valued in the NFL, how they're being disregarded, 
do high school kids still want to carry the ball 25 to 30 times, two to three consecutive years once they get to college, going into the NFL with heavy usage? Like, hey, they're looking at this, looking at themselves as brands. Back in, the day, back, in the day, back in the day, you would tell a running back in high school, man, we're going to give you 30 carries a game. We, you're going to be the bell cow. I don't know if you can really – I don't know if that has the same impact or effect on a recruiting trip. That's why Logan left. And what happened? He got I'm hurt. I'm just again. saying. He got hurt again. Yeah, but, the that, bell cow. but that's that's the mindset of most running backs, being the bell cow. Is it the wisest mindset? In a lot of cases, yes, because you want to play as much as you can. Who was the last bell cow at Notre Dame? Uh, Kyron. Uh, uh, Kyron. And Kyron was the last heavy usage running back in Notre Dame. And Kyron has been injured. Who was, who was, who was, right, in after, who was right after Kyron? Aldrick, right? Uh, Aldrick and, and Logan split. They both had like 150. Uh, Aldrick had 158 carries. Logan, I want to say, had because Logan was injured. Coming into that, but season. that was the year Dino got there, right? Say it again. That was Marcus Freeman's first year, right? The year Dino got there was when they started splitting it. What yeah, yeah. One hundred and sixty-five carries for Logan Diggs, one hundred and fifty-eight for Aldrich Estimate. Yeah. So heavy usage running backs, man, usually struggle with injuries once they once they get to the NFL. Nagging injuries. And then once you have that, but Kyron still is going to get a second contract. I don't know what it's going to look like, but he's going to get good running back money. Yeah, he'll be he'll make like five. Yeah, he if he stacks one more season on top of this one, he'll get paid. He'll make, he'll make five or six. Yeah, he'll get paid absolutely. Hell, Tony Jones five. still in the league. Yeah, true that. True that. CJ Carr. Out of everybody, I'm probably surprised most about Tony. CJ Carr, he's an early enrollee, and he talks about the importance of coming in early for him. Uh, at all the bowl prep stuff, I got to learn a lot from um, older QBs in the room, just how to prepare for a game, um, how to prepare for practice, and um, just you know how they how they carry themselves. It's, it's been a, um, a definite advantage that I've had, and I'm, I'm blessed to be in the position I am. And then just heading into the spring, is there a part of your game or a detail that you kind of want to focus on to improve before you are coming out of the spring? I think, you know, the one thing I want to hammer home is just kind of getting uh, a good start on the offense and understanding what I'm um, doing with the football when it's in my hands, where I'm going, what my read is, um, what, what coverage they're playing, and, and uh, what my receivers are doing. What's been, what's been like kind of connect with this receiving group? It's been a good group. It's a funny group. Um, there's some characters in there for sure. We've had, um, you know, just in the in the freshman class, it's Cam, it's Micah, you got Jack in there too, um, with Logan coming later. I'm, I'm rooming with um, Micah, and so it's it's been a it's been a good experience. Who man? Who's your roommate again, Steve? Was Steve Elmer your roommate freshman year? Uh, it was James on the Wallow, and then it was uh, Steve like junior year. But it's it's so funny because honestly, as a quarterback, if you're not going in starting, it's stupid to go in early enrollee. Like, because at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're gonna be like, dude, I'm getting 
I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's stupid. I'm not okay. Let me rephrase it. Yeah, I think he, it's, what what is he really gaining right now? I don't think Let's he's gaining much. Like I don't think he's that. gaining much other than just being on campus with you guys kind of thing. But in terms of it impacting on a football level, no, you're not you're not getting enough shots in practice to be at a point where you're like, okay, this was worth coming in. Or. So basically what you're saying is when, the main competitors are going to be, in your opinion, Steve, Raleigh, and Kenny going into the spring. How many live snaps does CJ get to really improve? So you see his improvement coming during the season, really, working the scout team, pretty much the same route that Kenny took. This past season. I would beg to be everything's working for the defense as a as an early because I wouldn't even I wouldn't honestly if I was CJ I wouldn't even care about being on the offense side of football I'm trying to get as many and still as many scout team reps to help the defense as possible even if I'm just throwing the DBs because at the end of the day like you said it's three guys that they're paying attention to in real life like if this was a different school where they're like, all right, CJ, we're going to need you to play first year. Then I would think it would make sense to go in early. But at this stage where he's at, he's just not going to get the opportunity to really be like, oh, maybe we should play him over the three guys in 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 wait. So that's why I'm saying it's not worth it. Only because, you know, you, from a football experience as a quarterback, you're not – you're just on the team, honestly. You know, and you got to find ways to find value in that. And it can be frustrating for a guy who highly touted wants to go in there and shake things up because it's not it's not what you expected to be going in. You know, you get the perception of okay, if I'm in practice and I'm throwing it, they're gonna have to. But it just you just instantly see that oh, it's a political thing. Sometimes you gotta wait your turn. You and and even the coaching they're not giving you the recruiting attention you would think they would give you as the coach's attention on campus. So, you know, thinking you could just walk in the office. Now, I don't know. Well, I do know because I had them brought. Okay, so you're just not walking in the office. You got to kind of like go through the the, the, the the steps and procedures, you know what I mean, kind of thing. So it's definitely when he says he's kind of learning how to practice, yeah, you learning that you got to play your rank. <laughs> You know what I mean? Which is it's helpful when it comes to team chemistry and all that. But the same things you're doing now, you're just doing it with less of your teammates because it's early and rolling, not everybody come in. But in the summer, essentially, it's the same process. And you would get the same amount of reps you would if you didn't come in early, you know. So if I'm CJ, super focused and locked in on trying to play and, and play and practice. Forget trying to get involved in the throwing the one-on-ones is heavy because, you know, leave that to the three guys that's, that's getting the look. Not that CJ's not, you know, he'll get some, like you said, saw in the bowl game. He'll, oh, he threw a couple passes. They look pretty good in the air. You know, just some good pub. So basically that's- you're taking the approach that the 12th man on the NBA roster would take when he goes to the front office and says, look, Send me down to the G League team so I can play 30 minutes every night and work on my game. Yeah, essentially, essentially. Like, don't even 
waste your time thinking this is some movie where you just gonna shock the world and overstep these other three dudes. It, 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 the incumbent, you know, you're an incumbent too, you know, but you're not, you got to think of it as these coaches are thinking of, it, you know what I mean? It's not about you thinking of it. These coaches are looking at it like we like CJ, but we can, we can put him on ice right now. You know, we're not dying to play CJ right now. Cause we think in future thinking how it falls in line, that whole thing. We're not a desperate program, which is, you know, a lot of times where I, I promote shit, go somewhere where they say we are a desperate program you play right now. <laughs> if it's about playing as soon as possible, right? But going to a program like a Notre Dame, you know, similar to an Alabama, you're just going to have to wait your turn in a lot of aspects. So going in early, I mean, I don't know how much benefit you can get other than building your confidence and learning routine and that whole thing. Yeah, I can see that. I guess it would be advantageous to come in early to get to know the playbook so that you can go work with the scout team and then make your impact. That's what we heard halfway through the season. That's when we started hearing about Kenny Minchie. Like, no one really talked of, which is crazy. Like, after the first practice, it was obvious to me that Kenny Minchie had the best arm in the program. Just, it was immediately obvious. And we didn't hear buzz until halfway through the season, the regular season. That's what I'm saying. You're just not going to get eyes on you because you're him. not the most important dude on the – like you're saying, like, they're the cool with you doing good. It's the same thing with Jordan Faison. We halfway through – I mean, during the season, we're like, Jordan Faison is killing on scout team. Like, dude, they can't defend him. Next thing you know, yeah. he's getting reps with the real squad. So, But that's also based on need, too. Oh, they definitely based on need. Yeah, it's different. But, there was a need in a wide receiver room that, like you said, doesn't exist in the quarterback room. It not now. Not now. Like, if CJ yeah. came a couple years before, I would. I think his mindset would be different. And I don't think he came in thinking he was going to start. But you going in early, you, 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 as an individual, hell, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I'm like, shoot, if I come in early, I can compete versus Gunner. Getting there early, Gunner left before practice even started, so I'm feeling good. It's only me, Tommy, and Hendricks in practice. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I'm like, there's no way I don't get no love. There's only three of us in practice, and two of them are fifth year guys. And in that spring, I got zero reps. It was the craziest thing in the world. So it's like, yeah, in theory, yeah, you want to get a, a footing on what you're doing and everything, but it's just like uh, the transition from going to going through college and then getting a job yeah you do a bunch of learning and stuff in college but when you get your job you learn the job they teach you how to do the job so you can only go so far on you preparing yourself but until you get the experience and practice by taking those reps you know you can do it at home you can do the same thing at home you know enjoy your second half of your senior year go to prom you know enjoy your high school guys because then it gets to a point where now it's less about football. Now you just you really going to school. <laughs> That's really what it is. You really going to school and you the youngest dude at the school and you hearing about all your friends back at home. That's all I'm saying in terms of quarterbacking if you just going through the the process. Now if you are a receiver, you're going in early hell. Okay, I might in a room that's wide open, if I'm Cam Williams, I might mess around 
be the punt returner or something. You know what I mean? So I need to be locked in mm. as soon as I step on campus. They might call my name, and I got to be ready. CJ can feel comfortable enough to be like, they probably not going to call me right now. Like, you know, they, they'll give me some comments. I got to stay on beating all that. But you only frustrating yourself more because then it comes down to, all right, I'm here early. I'm getting two reps at practice, and one of the reps I mess up. Now you messed up all day. <laughs> now you now you messed up all day going to class. I'm like, damn, bro, I had two reps. I airballed one, and then, you know, whatever. So it, it can it can mess with you if you're not carrying yourself in the right mindset of I'm on ice, but mm-hmm. I need to find value on the team. Yeah, that's good stuff. I never looked at it from that standpoint. So it's really about how he uses this time to set up his future. In a, in a sense, like, you know, you want to show flashes. Okay, he can do some things, but you're just not going to get enough attention to feel like it was worth going to school early. You know, yeah, you got regardless your- of whether or not he comes in early or comes in in the fall, he's going to be in the same position, pretty much working with the scout team. Same position, except you just know, same position, just know what's going on. You just know what's going on. So he's better equipped. So he's 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 equipping I mean, himself to be to be better when he goes into that situation. So he's equipping himself to help his teammates to kind of navigate. He's doing the same thing Kenny Minchie did. Kenny Minchie came in early. Kenny Minchie prepared himself. He didn't get a lot of live snaps during the season because the competition was all about Tyler and Sam Hart. But when it came time to fall and regular season as a scout team quarterback, he was ready to make his mark. And he did. It's the same yeah, thing I mean, he mentioned to him. Yeah, and it's all relative to the individual, you know, what you get out of it. But it's about taking advantage of those opportunities. But the 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 sense of, oh, going in early, I'm going to raise my chances of playing in a particular season, I think is just not the sacrifice looking back on it of being like, man, I gave up my half of high school senior year. You know, your senior year, your second semester was lit probably. Uh, well, honestly, my, my junior year was my best year ever. Ever. I can read ever? I can read it <laughs> athletically and school-wise. It was, it was just lit. Lit. Absolutely <laughs> lit. I went to the championship game of baseball in the city. Got to the quarterfinals and basketball and the playoffs. I'm like, dude, it was that was cooking. Oh man, it was lit. We getting love, mad attention. People asking me to wear my varsity jacket around school. Y'all, it was junior year. Was oh, you, oh, you was the man. You was the man. Oh, junior, junior year was the best. Senior year was kind of like blah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And my, and my OGs like in basketball and baseball. My senior year, we were really young. We were really young, and I was the old. Oh, so you like you like old man to the team? Yeah, and everything changed. Like I went from I I led off for three years, and then my senior year, all of a sudden, I was back in third, fourth, and fourth. And I'm like, yo, that's not even my game. Like, okay, but you're the best dude on the team. Oh, it's a my it's a mindset thing, is what you said. Yeah, dude, I play I play center field and I'm lead off, bro. My game is speed. My game okay. is not power, driving in runs. You know, so it was 
it was just it was a change my last year you know and my junior year was just the kind of the culmination of everything it was like the perfect vibe the whole year you know on the field and off the field so by the time I got to senior year, I was I was ready to go to college, bro. I'm gonna be honest. First semester. Oh, you, uh, see, year, I was too, but yeah, I was, I to was too. But so then I, looking back, you're like, dang. I would I would take the CJ going, route. Like, man, get me to college. Yeah, but you realize, like, okay, maybe it's just a Notre Dame thing, because you're going in and you and they don't tell you nothing. <laughs> like in the summer, in the summer is cool. Nobody's there. You kind of go. You know, it's just y'all, whatever. Early enrollee. Now we only have five that can go. Now they got how many people? Like ten or something like that. Yeah. But even still, it's like you the only ten on campus because it's like they drop you in, you get moved in, and then Monday they like, all right, see you. You got to be at the Google at two. That's really all you know. Yeah. <laughs> Adam will call you. All right, you got the schedule. Boom. First thing you got to find. You got to find a teammate that are older to be like, okay, where do I go, man? <laughs> what do I – I remember first time I woke up, I'm super excited. First day of college ever. I didn't know where to go. I didn't even know what to – like, you know, I'm late. <laughs> I'm just I'm just running outside to see if I see somebody I know. Yeah. Because I'm looking at this, talking about, oh, is that in this building, this building. They don't tell you what everything is, you know. Yeah. So you got to kind of – all right. My first place I went to the cafeteria. <laughs> so I can't can't go wrong there. Cause it's so hectic. Everybody already know what they got going on. This is half at this is at the half point of the year. So this is like not brand new for anybody but you kind of mm. thing. Mm. So it, it could be stressful, you know what I mean? And it's a, it was a cool experience, but I feel like from a quarterback standpoint, how much then I got sick, you know, I got sick. I'm up there. In college, sick as a dog, dude. Sick as a dog. My first couple months, it's snowing. You know, we got early workout. I mean, it was tough for early enrollee. And then you, the football side, you just, yeah, it was it was cool. But I think you get the same benefit mm-hmm. coming in with all your guys in kind of the easier way of moving in. But it's definitely a challenge, and that's why I don't think they let everybody go. But you get acclimated to some instant, which is cool. You started on school early, graduate early, that whole thing. So yeah. it has its benefits, but definitely has its, its downside. Lucky Lucky Podcast, CJ Carr also talked about the change, right? Coming in and him and Cam being recruited by one guy, now having totally new coaches. He talked about that as well. I think Cam and I have talked multiple times. We've had um, both of our position um, – coach leave and so you know we've, we've been through ups and downs already and we you know we haven't even been on campus yet um, but I think the biggest thing for us was just the the players in the room with us we've spent two years with the guys in this room helping recruit helping um, just make everyone feel comfortable and so it was more about the relationships we've built with the players than than anything else and then you know also trusting coach Freeman to put the right guys in the in the right position coaching wise and on the field so it was it was a combination of both those things yeah they stayed Despite the changes, despite people leaving, being fired, he felt like it was Coach no Fleet and Yeah. It's, it's tough because I remember my first year, uh, Coach Moran dipped after the first the first season, and that was my guy. That's like the reason I came to Notre Dame. I felt like we had a good connection. 
So it definitely leaves you out kind of in the in the mode of like, damn, okay, I it's make it about the dudes on the team. And that's what it's about. Make it about dudes on the team. But it does suck when you lose your guy. Hundred percent. It's a different tone. It's 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 no different than when Sam Hartman lost Tommy. It's just different. It's a different relationship. So but now you in it. It ain't no, oh, I'm gonna just open my recruitment back up, this and that. You gotta kinda ride the wave, but then you understand the politics of it because that's not gonna be the, the last change that happens either. You just hope to get lucky enough to keep the same guy that's working with you because you know, loyalty changes fast. I mean, you see how the effect of what Chancey had in two years and how much it impacted that receiver room negatively and positively, right? So, and these are guys, and, you know, Jaden Thomas is on his third receiver coach. And you done seen how that's affected his career due to just injury and then different coaching styles and you trying to blend into everything. But the thing is, you, you know, you can't fit every system now. Jordan Faison before – before uh, Jared Parker, you didn't hear about him when he was with Tom. You didn't even hear about him. So that's just what happens. Not that Jordan Faison wasn't who he was this year when he was with Tommy. He just didn't get the shot necessarily. So uh, coaching changes in your position group definitely has some weight to it of the unknown. So your best job is just to be able to focus on your guys like he was saying. And then when y'all get in together, y'all just got to make it happen. That's how me and CJ got through it. Now I really understand what you're saying, love. You're saying the early enrollee opportunity has to be for CJ and himself because it has no impact on the depth chart, in your opinion, versus or in contrast to a Cam Williams who's coming into a situation with a brand-new coach at wide receiver that he had a previous relationship that recruited him while he was at Cincinnati and Wisconsin, coming into a room where there's uncertainty and an opportunity to actually get more reps during the season, it's more of an advantage for Cam Williams as a, as a double E, as an early enrollee, for, as far as playing time versus C.J. Carr playing time. It's not about playing time for C.J. Carr. It's more about comfortability and setting your path, which Kenny Minchie already blazed, to go be that dude playing against the defense during the regular season and get yourself ready for next year when you'll really be in the heat of the competition. Yeah, it's about knowing that. You know, you you get so caught up in being like, man, I'm outperforming dudes in my mind in practice. Yeah. And you'll lose focus on doing it for being prepared because you're so focused on how they not seeing that I'm clearly throwing better than Angeli or whatever the case is, right? Yeah. Because they just not go, they, they're not going to necessarily tell you either, like, oh, you on ice this year. <laughs> you know, they're going to keep encouraging you every to do better and all this stuff, but you got to establish a foundation be like, look, I need some real-life reps, not these fake mental reps that you just watch and practice all day. I need to be throwing as much as I can, involved as much as I can, learning about the defense on the other side as much as I can because they they allow you to just sit back there and watch. Yeah, I think that that was my mistake, thinking I was so close to being a backup or a starter in my first couple of years that I 
they didn't tell me to go to scout team, but I probably should have, you know, just to just to play more, you know, because you get you get you get old just lifting and running all day and then putting on some equipment to stand around, you know what I mean? So finding ways to be useful at practice is CJ's goal, but that way you also build relationships with the team, you know, you gain respect from the from your the defensive side of football, right? Yeah. The defensive coaches that be it the ear in, in the meetings, like, yeah, he's been cooking us or whatever. He's been valuable. So it's a it's more of a mental game going in early that you put yourself under than it is just coming in in the fall where it's the season. Yeah. Cause it's when it's the off season in college is really an off season. You know, there's rules. You can't really be in the building like that. You know, you a real student. So it's it's different than when you're coming in the fall where, oh, we about to play football games. Mm. You know, this is the this is it's hot outside, it's lit. You know, you practice this, people on campus, the vibes when it's not about football season, you really be like, Oh, this is school. This is I gotta prepare. I, I gotta feel you now. I, I feel you now. because you're speaking right. now, you're speaking from your experience, right? Because you're like, yo, right now, yeah, he can be throwing, they can get together and throw to the wide receivers, but that's not that's he's just throwing that okay. He's learning the movement of his wide receivers, learning that this guy is this fast, that guy is this fast. But the real growth is going to come when he's actually able to go up against that Notre Dame defense and live reps over and over again. That's yeah, because really other gonna that, find out. You're not going because you don't want to wait forever to get that speed adjustment in. Yeah. Your speed adjustment, if you waiting, is gonna come come from the coaches throwing you in there, and now you're like, man, this is fast as hell. It only got two reps. You know, right, well, right. you should have been you should have been, hey, let me just let me just throw something in this defensive scout period. Because they really not gonna give you anything that's like, oh, we evaluating you necessarily on these plays. It's like, all right, he been back there a long time. Let's throw him in there, see what he look like, just to get it on film. You gotta find ways to make all these reps worth something to you because right now to them the coaches staff, have you on ice we just trying to see if you good enough to maintain until it's your time to play because you can do yourself a huge disservice by looking unplayable because you're not finding the right way to go about being on ice essentially mm. so you don't want to melt you want to be that new age ice that that you know the cube ice that dry ice. That dry ice. Yeah, you don't want to be regular ice that just melts away if you let the drink sit there too long. I feel you, love. I feel you. All right. Yeah. Lucky Lucky Podcast. So when we come back, we'll get into and give left an opportunity to amend his over-under for Riley Leonard. I don't think he will, but we'll give him the opportunity, and we'll talk about the returning production for Notre Dame and where they land in the rankings lucky lefty podcast man we spin it different what's up family the merch shop is finally here lucky lefty network merch shop we got it all from the shirts to the hoodies to the hats to the nitty gritties come here right now shop with us come get the swag because you know if anything else we spin it different you see the gritty you see how we get down it's elite 